please subscribe, hit that like button, rate and read the pod on Apple Podcasts, and let me know what you guys think in the comments. Ken, let's just jump right into it. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and who you are for our listeners that don't know you? Well, my name is Ken Reyes. Um, well, I have a day job. I work as a patient care technician in like the hospital. And on the side, I do sound bath, sound healing, and I do charcuterie boards. I make them. Yes. So, uh, so for some context here, Ken and, actually, Ken and I actually met um, back when we used to work together about six years ago. But Ken is freaking phenomenal and has ventured off into making some income on the side via these charcuterie boards and sound baths. Like, how did you even get into that? Well, that's a very interesting story. Well, I started with uh, doing the sound bath first. So I just uh, start attending uh, sound healing events here in Vegas. and. I was like, wait a minute, I can do this. So um, during the pandemic, I started investing in sound healing instruments. And my cousin's wife, who's also a sound healer in Long Beach, actually um, told me to invest in some alchemy singing bowls. And at first, it was just for myself because I'm... I suffer from anxiety, a lot of anxiety and depression during the pandemic. And it's just for me. And after that, um, people started saying like uh, close family and friends, you can do this on the side if you want. So I was like, hmm, yeah, why not? And then with the charcuterie business, it was uh, during my first public sound bath. It was in a friend's house and she ordered a charcuterie box. And I was like, what is this? I can do better than this. So I started <laughs> doing research on how to make them. And then I make it. I made it in a friend's house and they're like, oh, you're good at this. So I just started like that. So uh, backtrack for a second. In terms of your charcuterie board business, Grazing Ken's, beforehand did you have any experience working in the food industry or no it's just more of like okay let's try doing this uh, or because like um i looked up youtube videos on how to make them and i was like well this is easy so i just bought like the the food for the board and i bought a uh a chopping board and that's it oh wow so i guess would you say that you were self-taught when it comes to making charcuterie boards yes yes and it's more of like my creativity just comes out from like uh if i keep making them i keep coming up with uh new ideas how do you keep up with that because i feel like with charcuterie boards it's definitely another creative outlet how do you get inspired to make different charcuterie boards or like offer different ones for clients well at first you just follow like certain design patterns that you see on videos and then later on you just come up uh, with your own so at first um 
my boards are like they look mediocre but uh, i don't they, think so they look amazing he's <laughs> talking himself down everybody <laughs> well uh yeah later on like i just uh keep improving the techniques on how to layer the food and like um make a flow with the board because like uh you can make like certain like uh bowls as like focal points on on the design oh the, I, I can see that yeah so at what point while you were starting to explore the charcuterie space at what point did you say i can charge money for this well at first i was just doing it for our friends parties and then i met this girl she's really phenomenal her name is angelina she's a tiktoker here in vegas she's a friend of a friend and she's like uh wait you can do this like as a business and i was like hmm okay let's try it so um i did an event with her it's it's like how to it's like a class on how to make charcuterie boxes and uh it was a success and then wait so, so you did the class with her i did the class with her so she organized the event and uh i just did everything myself i set up everything oh like wait that. so were you teaching or you were i was teaching yes oh wow yeah oh and i didn't have any previous like uh experience on like conducting a class like that so it was kind of like a learning experience for me also but it turned out to be a huge success and then i started booking like uh more like the, i i start to get more orders from there because like the girls just love it and they just spread out the word and yeah that's how it started whoa so you got clients from that class that you taught in terms of how to create the charcuterie boards is that what you're yes. saying and also like uh through my co-workers because sometimes i just make it for fun at work and uh friends of friends just started spreading the word and that's how i make business so do you i guess what do you do in terms of marketing or is it just word of mouth at the moment at the moment well it's kind of hard i started uh, an instagram page for both my sound healing and uh the charcuterie business um yeah it's it's a little bit hard to just like I i'm not really good at sales so it's not really my forte like marketing so uh, most of my clients are through word of mouth and yeah is that something that you're thinking about doing is marketing though like whether it be social media or i mean even like business cards yeah i'm i'm starting to uh set up uh like to improve the the business actually because i have a big event coming up in september um like a client invited me to do a big event i can't say yet but it's in september in santa monica oh that's exciting 
Well, I feel, okay, and I've told you this before, as a friend, I do think that your business could absolutely blow up, especially if you got on social media and started consistently promoting yourself. Because if you're getting these clients and customers now, imagine how much more revenue or income you would make through Instagram or TikTok, because I feel like you would just have another audience that doesn't know about you and it would just help with discoverability. Yeah, that's true. Well, I don't know. It's just a bit hard for me to just like put uh, content out there because content creation is a lot of work. It, you, need, you need to make lots of videos, lots of photos, take, take a lot of photos. And that's something that I'm not really like heavily interested on. I mean, I still take uh, photos of the products that I make, like the the boards and videos of the sound bats, but I it's not I'm not really heavily invested in it. So that's what I'm trying to improve right now. Invested in it yet? Yeah, I think eventually you are going to be one hundred percent invested in this because, like you mentioned earlier, like you do work a day job. And I understand because I work my day job as well. And it is a lot of time and effort to try to create on your days off schedule and post it aside from, you know, like trying to rest and recover from like the shift that you just worked because you and I both work in medicine and it they, they require very long hours. So I get it. I understand. But would you... Would you say that you would like to continue your charcuterie business, Grazing Ken's, as a side hustle on the side? Or is it something that you're interested in doing full time? Well, for now, because I'm trying to switch career. So I graduated uh, my bachelor's degree in electrical engineering. So I'm in the process of switching career. So I see both businesses as side hustle. And I mean, it's an uh, additional income for me, but it's not. I'm not really too heavy on. I'm not too invested in it yet. By that, do you mean like? Would you say that you're just taking clients that suddenly appear out of nowhere? Like you're not actively searching for clients? Yeah, for now, no. Well, well, um, people. Normally with Soundbats, they need to book me at least a week in advance. And with charcuterie, they need to book me at least two weeks in advance because I do all the work. I do all the shopping for the food and I still need to conceptualize what I want to build with the design. So it takes some time for that. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you balance it because it sounds like a tremendous amount of work just the charcuterie board business in yeah. itself and then adding the sound bath in there like how do you balance the two out with your day job in addition to well, those two just things just like what i said they have to book me in advance and then i have to check my work schedule if it uh fits and if it fits then i'll say yes and then we we start planning from there mm-hmm yeah, well, I do get a lot of like challenges with these two businesses. For first of all, with sound bats, um, I was having a hard time at first on like pricing because, like, 
uh, with sound baths here in Vegas, uh, they do charge a certain amount. And since I'm starting, I I felt like like my services aren't as great at first as the ones the more established ones here in Vegas. And uh, eventually, I started increasing my price. So, how did you determine like your your well, beginner I just prices? Looked around on um, different events on how much they charge, and I started charging lower than that. So, wait, why lower? Was it because you thought that would be well, a better cause, deal? Because I, it's more, it's that and also i need to gain more experience first because i mean i when when i acquired my instruments of course like i still need to learn how to do the harmonies and all of that i don't have like a really good like music background so i just learned that on the go and uh my cousin's wife which is like uh her name is joy that that sound healer in long beach she uh, actually helped me uh, in the learning process. And then uh, my singing bowl distributor also taught me a lot. And also I did a lot of like self-study. That's awesome. Yeah. So your um, singing bowl distributor and Joy, do they do sound baths as a, a business like for income? yes they they do it as a side hustle also well my distributor that's his main source of income are the sound baths uh he does sound baths also and he distributes uh alchemy singing bowls so and then my cousin's wife she's a registered nurse so she does um case management and she does sound baths on the side is that kind of who you took like mentorship from like in terms of yes yeah and um she also does like a lot of like free events so that's how i started with free events because i wanted to um gain more audience here in vegas because like you know it's a smaller city compared to la and um i just want to have more followers at first and then when those followers just kept coming to my events, then I just started doing like more private events. Mm -hmm. So then at what point, because I'm assuming since you've been, how long have you been doing sound baths now? I started in 2020 during the pandemic. Okay. So it's been three years. Yes. Are you still charging your beginner prices like when no, you first started not anymore because i mostly do um home service so i go to like people's houses and do the events there if uh they have an occasion or if they just want to do like a sound bath and um i start charging more because of i have to travel to the venue and i have to set up and um yeah I love that you incorporated that because I think a lot of people that are in the service-based industry don't take like the travel and the amount of time. Well, for one thing, gas is like getting more right. expensive and like you have to account everything, especially your time because uh, it takes 
like for me it takes 30 minutes to set up 30 minutes to break down and that's not included in the actual sound bath so you have to account for that like your effort in going to a venue is already you have to charge for it you need to know that that's very valuable so yeah I, you like uh your time and effort should you should put uh value to it when you're doing like small businesses like this 100%. Would you agree with the saying? I heard this online when I first started doing social media management that the whatever price you're going to charge a client when you're first starting out, double it because usually you are undercharging yourself. Would you agree with that saying? Yes. Definitely. Because um at first I just like what I said, I when I was starting, I actually did free events and I was like, it's, I feel like I'm learning from it. Uh, I'm, I'm getting more experience from doing the business, but at the same time, it's just like a waste of my time and effort. Uh, but uh, once this, uh, once I got more clients, I started to realize that, oh yeah, my time is, I need to value my time and my effort in in doing it. Absolutely. I, I definitely can relate to that because every waking moment that I'm not at work, I am usually spending it working on my social media management business or on my clients' work, like in terms of, you know, doing the work for whatever service it is that I'm offering them. Yeah, especially we work like a another like a full-time job. So like the the time that you're off work is that you need to put value into it cuz I mean that's supposed to be the days to rest from work and you're still doing your side hustle. So you need to put a uh, value with that like for that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Would you say or what advice would you give to people that have side hustles doing things on the side, like what advice would you have for them in terms of how to increase their prices? Well, you need to have that mindset of like, just, just uh, put value on yourself first. Cause if you don't value yourself, then you're not going to put value in the work that you put in or like the mm-hmm. time that you spend on doing your business um yeah that's that's uh, a lesson that i learned as i do this uh the charcuterie and the sound baths are you having trouble with social media need a content creator a video editor or need social media management well those are some of the services that i offer go to reneesworry.com for more now back to the show what would you say is the biggest obstacle that you've faced with your two businesses uh how to shuffle both of them <laughs> like balance balance like give time to both of them because definitely like i can do both at the same time there there are some uh days that i do like a sound bath and charcuterie at the same day and that's oh really yeah that's extremely hard can can you walk us through how you handled that day oh man okay well i start really early well uh i actually start a day or two before that that day because i still have to shop for all like the cheeses and the like fruits and like uh meats and all of that 
I start shopping. By the way, you're doing this by yourself. Yes, I'm doing it by myself. Both, both of them. Yes. So I have to shop for that, and then I have like that night. I have to like conceptualize what I want to do with the design and stuff. And then at the same time, I have to bring out the instrument, my sound healing instruments, and practice a bit because I don't go in an event. Well, I can. I sometimes I go in an event with like no uh game plan it's more of like freestyling my sound bats but i normally i'm a very calculated i have a very calculated personality more of like a what that type a sure mm -hmm. yeah so i always plan ahead and um i make like a flow for my sound bats so and then i pack up all the instruments and I can't really prepare the food um, the night before because, like, for example, if I do the strawberries or the grapes, I wash them and and set them up already. They won't look good when I deliver them. So I do deliver the same day that I make them uh, within like two to three hours. And it oh, takes it's super fresh. Yeah, it's super, it's very fresh because that way, like, it will look really nice when you deliver them. And that's also another advice that I would give. If you're doing a business, you have to uh, provide the best uh, quality of service or products that you give because uh, that will just, like, show, like, how good you are in, in your business. That's why like clients keep like booking you or like uh, buying your products. Oh, yeah. Nobody wants to get a service or a product yeah. that's half-assed. Yeah. I think a lot of people can tell. Yeah. And to continue on with the like how I'm doing the bit, like both of them in the same day. So the next day, the actual day of the event, I have to set up the charcuterie first and like make it first before i actually pack everything in the car because that's the last thing that goes in the car because here in vegas it's pretty hot during the summer and like you have to set a, like turn on your ac in your car first so that's already gas that's riding <laughs> no yeah nobody wants melted cheese yeah and so um yeah i go to the venue and then i set up the charcuterie first before i set up the sound bath because like the food should come out already. Oh, so you're doing both the charcuterie and for this specific specific example, you're doing the you're providing a charcuterie board experience and a sound bath yes. experience for the same yes. client. Oh, I see. Oh, wow, I didn't know that you offered that package. That's yeah. awesome. And uh, sometimes I do like multiple sound baths during the day, multiple uh, charcuterie boards for different clients throughout the valley. Like sometimes my day goes like crazy uh if uh there's like last year for christmas eve i made what six charcuterie boards oh my gosh and that is a lot because one board i normally take between one to two hours to make because like you like the design is very intricate uh you you already saw uh Oh yeah, I you've given me board. one for my birthday yeah. and they're they're absolutely beautiful. They're like the most bougiest Instagram 
Instagrammable charcuterie boards out there. He doesn't just use like a basic charcuterie package that you would get from the store. You literally pick out everything individually. Yeah. I, and I have like some challenges also when uh, doing business like this, because sometimes like, you know, uh, with the healing arts, especially with uh, sound healing, like people, some people don't have any idea of how much it actually costs out outside when, when people do events or, or like it's their first time doing it. So people always tend to like ask to price it down and like, haggle with me and um i'm just i just learned to be firm with my pricing i guess for um for those that don't know like how much would a standard charcuterie board from you cost well uh i i would say a 10 inch by like 16 inch board would cost around 150 to 200 dollars depends it depends on like how many cheese you want, how many meats uh, you want, and like how bougie of a charcuterie uh, board you want. Because I can buy like uh, cheap stuff. I can buy expensive stuff. It just depends. Right. So uh, a board of that size, would would you say that is about two hours of your time? Yes. Well, that's pretty good because if it's a $200 charcuterie board, you're making $100 an hour. Yes. Well, actually, no. That's just... that's. Well, I guess not including the shopping. Yeah, not including the gas and my time. So now I'm starting to charge more for it because that's when I started. Cause like, well, okay. Well, don't tell me your starting price. How much are you charging oh, now? Oh, well, now yeah. I start at 200 200 Yeah. Would that be for um, a standard yeah. board or? A standard board. And like I have different uh, size size of boards. I have uh, kind of like a surfboard, like a mini surfboard, uh, like chopping board. And I charge around uh, 400 for that. For a surfboard size charcuterie yes. board. That's amazing. So can we talk a, lo- talk a little bit about like profit margins? So you would charge about like let's say 400 for that surf size charcuterie board um like how much do you actually spend on the individual like cheeses the meats because well, i imagine that it, it's still expensive because you're getting high quality meats yes well i mean it depends sometimes if i go to trader joe's i would get like a good deal with like buying like multi like multiple cheese packets so i would save up on that and then sometimes i go to costco if it's a bigger project and i would save more on that so sometimes if if i would uh use the 400 dollar board that i make i would spend around 150 in buying like the food for the i'm sorry for the 400 dollar board or the 400 dollar board but wow! I, but I already include the ramekins and all of that because I I tend to lose that. Include the what? The ramekins because like the mini bowls. It's like the mini bowls that I use to put like the the baby pickles and like oh, the for, like olives. sauces yeah, and honey and sauces. Oh, okay, yes. little. Bowl. I also include that in the pricing now because before I deliver the board and then when i retrieve the board i normally ask them to return the ramekins back because that's not included <laughs> with the price oh wow it's like i mean 
like some of like the mini jars that I get, I find them at like Home Goods, and you can't find them anywhere anymore. So, like, and they're really cute. So people like like to keep them. So I started like charging, like including that in the price of the board, so that they could just like take that, and I'll just have my boards back because I just rent out the boards. Oh, they give you the boards back. Yeah, it depends. Sometimes, if they ask, uh, if a client asks to, like, if they can have the board, then I just charge them for the board. Oh, I see. Okay, I'm guessing as you expand, eventually you're going to get boards that are disposable that or boards that you can give away as part of the whole package, like a board that they would. Well, keep. that's an option that I give because um, the boards aren't really cheap. Like even if you go to Home Goods, like a pretty decent chopping board is like what sixteen dollars to twenty dollars. So I would include that if it's that cheap. But if it's more than that, like the biggest board that I have is almost eighty dollars. I oh, wow. have to retrieve that because, like, it's expensive. First of all, that's that's my investment. Also, sure, it's kind of like a loaner board. Yes. Wow. So in terms of like your your profit it, if you're making 150 off of a 400 board and 150 that would just include like that would be the actual shopping like for the groceries is that right yeah that that's what i spend in buying the groceries but like the the profit that i make of course i have to account like how much gas did i spend on that and that the time and effort and of course your creativity you have to account your creativity in in pricing especially just like what i said my boards aren't like the ordinary boards that you get you can get charcuterie boards anywhere nowadays and they don't look as good as the boards that i make right well after hearing what you had just said i feel like you should almost charge you should charge a little bit more because for that 400 dollars board if you're only making if you're if you're spending 150 already on the products on the cheeses and meats alone that's almost 50 percent well, yeah, I understand that, but you also have to find the balance between like, you know, pricing uh reasonably versus like uh how would I say it? Cuz like, you know, if you price it up too high, then the clients won't buy it. So you have to find that balance, the between, sweet spot. Yes, you have to find that sweet spot uh so that the clients will buy it and then they will enjoy the product and then they'll keep coming back for more. Sure. Yeah. Well, okay. So I guess maybe that wasn't the best example of $400 charcuterie board. What about one of your smaller ones, like your $200 charcuterie boards? Like how much would you spend on the food, the meats and cheeses for and all the that? the food, around $60 to $80 sometimes. Okay. That sounds, yeah. okay. It's still almost half, but it's, if it's sixty dollars, that's a pretty good. Yeah, and sometimes margin. this is a problem of mine. When I started, I tend to overbuy stuff because, like, uh, my boards, I like more variety with in terms of like the cheese and the meats and the accoutrements. So I tend to overbuy stuff, and so when the board is finished, I look at my pantry and I was like. How come there's so much food in here? So I I learned how to like uh 
just buy the the right amount and uh i have to at least book at least two or three times like three boards like every time i make them i was about to say i, th- I feel like you want to utilize all the supply yes, that you got yes and i also enjoy um eating them so that's also part of <laughs> like the the profit <laughs> that's true it's like a a win-win situation yes and you, that's another thing you have to enjoy like the products and services that you're providing uh when you because if not then like you won't really appreciate what you're like the the effort that you're doing for example with the charcuterie i also love like cheese and meats and the the accoutrements so like if i don't really enjoy that you just make that that's more just like you just make it it's not really like a passion of yours right like there's no love or any i guess you would say any like intention behind yes. it Wow. Definitely. So I want to switch gears over to your sound bath business. How, I guess, because not a lot of, I feel like sound baths are, they, they just started blowing up um, because of social media. Like, how do you get clients for your sound bath? Well, let's start first because I already gave you the background of how I started. Well, I actually started like, way back in 2017 because i had a falling out with a friend and it was it sent me in a depression like journey so one time i went to sedona that's how all biz- small businesses start yeah. by the way is some traumatic uh thing in your life happening some tragedy yeah so i went to sedona and i just decided i'm gonna go on a spiritual journey and I got a like intuitive reading. What I is just, that? I, well, what do you mean intuitive reading? It's, it's more of like, uh, it's more of like a psychic like reading, but it's more intuitive. Oh God! Okay, yeah, tell so, us more. So I went, I went there, and then the lady that did the reading told me that I'm gonna go in this like, uh, I'm gonna go in the healing arts. I didn't know what it meant at first. So I just was like, okay, and went back here in Vegas. And then I joined a group in Facebook that does like they meet in some somebody's house and they do like meditation, like sessions. So I went in that uh I went in that event. And at first I was scared because like, you know, I'm, I grew up in a very strict Catholic family back in the Philippines. So I was like, oh, what is this? This is kind of like a witchcraft kind of thing. So I was, I was kind of skeptical about it. So, um, going in that event, I was like, oh, oh, this is nothing like what I was like thinking. So I had, I learned how to have an open mindset in, uh doing it and then i found another event which is like a gong bath in like commercial center like Mm. so um i attended that event and just it just gave me like pure relaxation and 
I just kept going week after week after week. And I noticed that my mood started improving. So I was like, wow, like the sound baths are actually helping me. And um, that's when I found out that my cousin's wife is doing it in Long Beach. So I was like, well, well, wait a minute. Um, can I attend your like your event? I asked her. So she's like, sure. So I went to Long Beach and I attended her event. And I was like, wow, this is something amazing. Cause she she's using a different uh type of instrument. She's using uh crystal singing bowls. And I was like, wow, I really like this. So uh during the pandemic, I was like, well, I think I'm ready to um start investing i i i kind of i told myself i want to do this i want to do the sound bath so at first i was just thinking about investing in like some cheap instruments or um just like a gong or something just to jump start it and uh i asked my cousin i asked joy for guidance and she's like well if you really want to do this you have to invest in alchemy singing bowls and i was like what is that so she showed me what it is and she's like, yeah, it's a little bit more expensive than your traditional sound healing instruments, but like, you'll see the difference. You, you'll feel the difference. And I was like, so I trusted her. And so I invested in my first, uh, few bowls at first, just, just like what I said, it's for myself at first, cause pandemic. Is just just took a toll on my mental health because you and the rest of the world. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm a patient care technician, so I'm and I work in a COVID unit, so I saw everything, and I I also got sick from it. So I was like, okay, well, let's do this. Let's. I, I bought the my first set. How much was your set? It's pretty expensive. Well, I invested 5K at first. 5K? Yeah. This is 5K for those, for, for your, for the first like singing bowls that you got. It's around or... five. Yeah. Five pieces. It's That's really, not cheap. It's not cheap. But uh, I trusted her. I trusted Joy in saying that invest on that because. Um, but you trusted her because she was your cousin, right? Because no, $5,000, I well, it's, it's a lot to trust in in investing. Yes, yeah. and at first, because like I, I, I didn't know what I was doing at first. Because like I got the instruments and I just play started playing it at home and improved my mood. So like that investment is for myself. So I was like, okay, well, this is gonna be like it's better than taking antidepressants and like going through a therapist and all of that so i was like okay and then the as soon as i acquired that set i was like okay there's more out there there's more bowls there's more alchemies <laughs> out there so it's like collecting pokemons you, you <laughs> it, it, once you start collecting them you just you just keep wanting to like get more so um so you just became obsessed, it sounds like. Yeah, I became obsessed with it. I just started uh, researching about like doing music with the sound healing. Because like sound healing, you can do more of like a journey type of sound healing. And 
uh, my style is more there's more musicality to it so it's easier on the ears and it's better for meditation it's it's lighter on your mind so you don't really it's not really heavy in terms because mm-hmm. like when you're doing uh, meditation you need to have like a very uh, how would I say it you the right like, headspace yeah you need to right have the right headspace and almost like having no thoughts when when you're doing it because like during the sound bath there like the thoughts on your subconscious will, will start talking to you and stuff like that so you need to have like that uh clear headspace at first and that my style helps with that and then um so i added like a little bit more like three more bowls so and I realized that the more alchemists that you get on your bowls, the more expensive they get. The more what? The more alchemists. Cause like the, what does that mean? The, the singing bowls that I have have alchemists in them. So they infuse the, it's, it's made of quartz and they infuse it with different metals and crystals and gems within the bowl. So whatever, like, uh, like properties that like a crystal have it gets transmitted through the sound with the sound bath oh so that's why these bowls are so expensive yes, that's why that's why they're more there expensive. are thousands of dollars yes. normal sound uh singing bowls are only like made of uh frosted quartz so it's just pure quartz i mean it's it sounds amazing but the alchemy ones are more like much more special yeah well, what what would you recommend for somebody who's just trying to start out with giving sound baths and trying to do this as a business? What would you recommend? Because I feel like not everybody has five thousand dollars yes, to I spend on that. bowls. Well, for me, I actually saved up for it, and the bowls paid themselves off, like by doing events and stuff like that. In in what time frame? Um, I would say uh two years well two years yeah well i acquired almost like a dozen bowls now so yeah i invested more and they already paid themselves off, themselves off through events really yes. how much do you charge for a standard i guess would it be an hour sound bath yeah an hour sound bath it would start around 200 dollars yeah, because I do home service now. I do private events, and that's like a minimum of ten people. Oh, actually, maximum of ten people. Because um, before I charge around like twenty five dollars per person if I do public events, but public events it's a little bit harder for me because I need to find a venue. Sure. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, well, I found a venue here in Vegas. It's at the public library. They have like uh, theaters and event like spaces in the library. So that's how I started. So I did it at the Clark County. I like, think uh, we actually went and saw you. Yeah. Yeah. So that one, it, I worked with a yoga instructor. But uh, oh, that's also a challenge because like if you're doing events with other people, you need to be in the right, um, how would I say it? You need to be in the same page of what you want to happen. Because like uh, that's that, that's one of the challenges. She wanted to do a free event 
and I don't want the the free event because I've already done free events before. And of course, I just want to value my time and effort in doing the event. And she, we don't see, we don't see the right, like we're we're not on the same page. So we just kind of parted ways, I guess. Yeah, I can see that being troublesome because I feel like with the partnership, yes, of course, like it's cool to like collaborate. But if you guys don't have the same goal for whatever it is that you're partnering on, I feel like that can cause some friction. Yes, yes, definitely. But I I think that it's still beneficial because then you're getting her audience and she's getting your audience, like vice versa. But would you say that, I mean, for somebody that's just starting out, like back to the question that I asked earlier, like, would you... Like, how would you go about initiating a sound bath business? Like, in terms of the bulls, the investment, collaborating well, with well other invest, people. Well, investing first. I mean, you can buy it. It it's not nest uh a requirement to have expensive instruments. It just happens that, like, I got advice to get the best instruments already because, um, Joy already ha- um had frosted bowls before. So she told me the difference in the sound quality and what what whatever you're feeling during the sound bath, it's a lot different when you're doing alchemy sound bath or just a regular sound bath. Even like buying like a giant gong, it also takes you on a different journey when you're doing a sound bath. So it doesn't necessarily have to be expensive to um by your sound healing instruments. So you can start with um like cheaper instruments and then once you start acquiring more clients then you can start investing on more expensive uh stuff. It just happens that I just got advice already with like whatever uh like to get the more expensive stuff and that turned out to be the best decision that I made for myself. Yeah, it sounds like what you're saying is if you can afford to get the higher quality equipment, in your case, bulls, like go for it. But if you can't kind of start out with what you can, like the basics. Yes, you can get stuff on Amazon. You can get it on Etsy. I've been looking at like instruments before on Etsy and they have like um, pretty decent like singing bowls on Etsy. Yeah. Because of how you've been talking about sound baths like bring you through this spiritual journey and provide almost like clarity and insight it i think that it sounds very very therapeutic and because of that i feel like that just adds so much more value in terms of your service because it's not just the performance you're getting a treatment almost well let's define what a sound bath is for or sound healing it's a it's a healing modality so it's like a a a type of alternative medicine well i i won't even call it medicine it's i would say it's like a treatment yeah, like it's it's more of like a treatment cuz like if i you you go um in a quiet space and you actually focus on the instruments you're you're hearing the instruments and you actually help you the instruments help you um on entrainment what is entrainment it's like uh training your brain to go on like different uh states 
So for example, if uh I play a certain note and and your 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 ears will hear it and your brain interprets it as like uh something to help you relax sometimes. Well, it depends. Some uh based from my experience, I have soundbats that are just puts me to sleep and there are soundbats that makes me cry. So you 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 definitely uh get different um experience doing it more. Yeah, and so that's why I wanted to ask because it sounds like you're getting so many different benefits from a sound bath and it sounds like a treatment for your overall self and being. Wouldn't you say that that would add so much more value rather than a performance? I feel like you can charge more because it's so therapeutic because it's so um I guess it can just change your like sense of self and awareness and bring you to that next level. I feel like you can definitely price it a little bit higher or would you say that that's already included? Because I think that's more than just a performance. Well, yeah, I understand that. But just like what I said with the charcuterie business, you have to find that sweet spot. Cause like if you start charging way more, then your like, clients will, are not willing to pay for it. So you have to how do you know if you're charging like well, a lot, I guess? Well, when I started, just like what I said, I started charge I, I started doing free events and like uh based on like sharing information with Joy, I asked her like how much they charge. I looked up uh different events here in Vegas and I just based my my pricing from there. Well, I started with charging like fifteen dollars like per person and i i reflect on it afterwards and i was like well this is not enough because like i i'm i'm putting so much time and effort it's not like doing an event it's not just um going there and doing the sound bath and setting up and and uh breaking down the setup that's it it actually takes toll on my on my behalf because I'm doing energy work. So by the time the sound bath is done, normally my throat is so dry I can't even speak afterwards. And so and then I just get exhausted afterwards. So it's it takes uh, a lot from me also. Then that's when I started realizing that I need to charge more for what I'm doing. Absolutely. And I'm glad I'm so glad that you are because from everything that you've just told me, it sounds like so much work, so many benefits, but also it's it sounds like that you're going through that journey with your clients at the same time. That's correct. Yeah. And sometimes uh each uh sound bath is a different experience for me also. Sometimes when I finish a session, I always like have this like wow moment on for myself because like i'm also surprised on what the bow the instruments like uh can do and i like the more that i do it the more that i learn more about the instruments it's more that those are like kind of like my babies <laughs> yeah i know i love your passion for i, I feel like you're almost more passionate about these sound baths. I could be wrong, but from everything you've told me, it sounds like you Well, I find the balance in both because um, sometimes like 
Well, I I do practice meditation almost every day. And when I do sound baths, it's just it just elevates that experience more. But the charcuterie, I it, that just brings out my creative side. So I always try to find the balance in the rainbow. Where do you see grazing Ken's your charcuterie business and canoral your sound bath business in the future? Well. Let's start with grazing cans. So I have this business opportunity that I mentioned earlier. So if that becomes successful, uh, well, I'm looking forward to having more clients first and clients that actually can pay more money. So I'm I'm venturing out into doing more uh, uh, bigger setups like instead of just doing boards i'm doing like grazing tables and uh for bigger events like conventions and weddings and stuff like that so that's what i look forward in doing with that business well on the sound bat side i'm looking forward into um getting like a studio and doing an event probably once or twice a week and then what would you do? Like renting out a studio to do sound baths and stuff. Or Oh, I see. Yeah. But what about the other days? Would you rent those? Like, would you rent the studio out to other people on those days that you're not using it? Or do you mean just rent it out for that day? Well, what, I'm, what I mean is probably get a space to rent out. So I could just rent it out for like a few days a week, a day or two a week. I'm I'm not really uh I'm not in there yet to uh invest in like a space for my like on my own. So, yeah. What advice would you give to younger Ken? Ken from 3 5 years ago who was just starting these businesses out? Hmm. Well, my advice to my old self would be uh, believe in yourself because at first when, when you're doing a small business like this you're always in doubt you're always like having like thoughts of like oh will this business like go off I think it's an imposter syndrome yeah I, I always doubted myself and um, that resulted in like lesser like missed opportunities and um just devaluing yourself so you need to and and that's my 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 other advice to old ken like is to just um know your worth i love that yeah what would you say is your secret boss sauce that you want other entrepreneurs um, aspiring small business owners to take away from this conversation? Well, with both businesses, you need, with based on my experience, you need to provide the best quality of service or product that you have. That's my best advice. Because if you have that, then your clients will see that and then they'll just keep buying your product or business or, or service. Because if, if you just give them like a mediocre like uh, product, then 
they'll find some something else. But if you if you give them the best, the best quality and the best service, then they'll they'll just like come back and and buy buy more of what you can offer. Go above and beyond for yes. them. Ken, you have been so inspirational. I have learned so much about you from this conversation, which is amazing because I'm seeing this different entrepreneurial side. But can you go ahead and tell everyone how they can find you, book your services, get in con- get in contact with you? Okay, you can find me on Instagram. My uh, charcuterie handle is Grazin Cans. It's G R A Z I N underscore K E N S, and uh, my sound bath uh, handle is Kenoral. It's K E N A U R A L. All right. Thank you so much, Ken, for being on The Boss Sauce. We'll see you guys next time.